everyone. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It is Thursday, September 8th. It is 2022. September 8th. Does that ring a bell? Oh, yeah. Football, NFL, Buffalo, and LA Rams. We're going to talk about that, but first we're going to talk about the three-game baseball slate that starts at 645 with Philadelphia. Joined today by my good buddy, Chief Justice Will Priester. What's happening, my friend? Nothing much, man. Doing great. It's football season. We've talked about it. It's also still baseball season. So I'm really, really, really excited to be here and hang out with you yet again, man. Uh, Should be a ton of fun for sure. I got the old notebook out for football, you know. I am still uh, like, I love pen and paper, man. Like I I want to write down stuff for football so I don't forget. Um, So pen and paper, baseball fantasy team um, doing really well tonight. Was hoping Montgomery was going to get a win. Was hoping St. Louis would score a few more runs, but um, my team's doing all right. Not going to light the world on fire, but definitely going to make some money for baseball. Um, you know, the Reds definitely helped. I had some Reds and some Cubs and um, Montgomery and Javier. And I mean, it's just it was just one of those slates where you just let other people make some mistakes. So. All right. Let's talk about this three game baseball slate. We get started with Miami. At Philadelphia, this game has a seven total. Um, Philly is a 130 favorite. Just kind of weird to me, but I mean, it is what it is. Alcantara against Kyle Gibson. Um, we'll start with Alcantara first. Well, we got two really strong pitchers on this slate. You know, we have Sandy Alcantara and we have Dylan Seas. Dylan Seas, 80, 80 plus percent owned on this slate on draft games with two pitcher <laughs> sites. Uh, I mean, you just you just click his name, you play him, and you move on. Um, Dylan Seas is facing Oakland. We'll talk about it. Um, but he is, he, he's $3,000 too cheap for his matchup today. Um, so we're really just kind of figuring out like who our SP two is today. Um, we'll start here with Alcantara talent wise. He's the second best pitcher on the slate, arguably the best pitcher on the slate talent wise, um, tough matchup against Philadelphia. What do you want to do here with Sandy Alcantara? Man, I've. And Steve, I think this is something we've talked about in the pod before, but I've just done well, mostly avoiding Sandy on the road. And the problem is he is one of the better pitchers on this slate. And so even though he might not go for 30, he could still go for the tw- in, go in the 20s here. Um, I know he had a rough outing against Atlanta. Um, Atlanta's a, a much different team uh, than Philly right now. But even just look at him on the road, though, Steve, at Atlanta, negative 0.2 fantasy points. At the Dodgers, negative 0.4 versus Stevie. The Dodgers were in Miami, scored 40 fantasy points. Uh, Versus San Diego, 30. At Philly, 11. Cincinnati at home, 31. Mets at home, okay, six. At Pittsburgh, I'm going to give him a pass. But all in all, his, his numbers away haven't been great. Uh, or as good as, as they would be at home from a stability standpoint. I think because of the slate, you may just have to go ahead and play him anyway and Dylan Cease together to uh, capture the upside. Yeah, tough matchup. 
I mean, average strikeout matchup. There's plenty of strikeouts in this lineup, top and bottom. But, I mean, tough lineup just in general. Talent, like I said, talent-wise, he's the second-best pitcher on the slate. So, I mean, for talent reasons, you're like, all right, well, I mean, I think I have to to take some shots on him here. Ownership will be a deciding factor for me. Listen, I'm going to be focusing on the Buffalo-LA game. A lot of us are. So for baseball today, it's probably like a single entry and just kind of throw it in a few different single entry contests. Like not even going to hide that fact for any means. I mean, so if Alcantara is going to be uber chalk on this slate with, I mean, I'm playing C's. I'm playing Dylan C's. Like there's no doubt about it. You can make an argument though for Kyle Gibson in the same game over Alcantara you don't necessarily need the money. Gibson's coming off of a, a terrible start. He threw 65 pitches in less than two innings and got absolutely shellacked by San Francisco in San Francisco. Kyle Gibson's a solid pitcher. He's better against righties. He's going to face five or six righties. Miami doesn't have a ton of power. I mean, this is going to be an ownership thing for me on my single entry, Will. Um, 150. I mean, these are the three pitchers. I mean, we'll make an argument for Sonny Gray in the next game, but these are the three pitchers that we're looking at. Um, today, I, I mean, Gibson, he, he's solid. I, I mean, he has 30 plus point upside in a great matchup here against Miami. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely won't argue with you there. Um, and we have seen two nuclear strikeout games against Pittsburgh and Cincinnati now against Miami. Previously, he only picked up three, uh, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let that deter us. Obviously, he he's absolutely I think the cheap play at 5700. Won't argue with you there one bit. Um, all right, let's talk bats in this game. I mean, it's a three game slate, so I mean, you might be taking some bats against pitching that you like. What are your thoughts here on the Miami side? Yeah, I, I definitely think on a on a small slate. Um, I don't mind some Miami bats. So, and when I say some, I'm saying like um, one-offs. I'm, I'm not stacking Miami, but, you know, um, you, you take guys that, that have a little bit of pop uh, that may be able to similar like, you know, Anderson, if he's in the lineup, you know, maybe you take a shot at him. Joey Wendell at third base or shortstop, while he may not have pop, he's a guy that can kind of churn fantasy points. Um, so I, I don't hate him, but all in all, I would just be – in one-off mode with Miami. I'm not stacking them at all. Yeah. One-offs. I mean, I don't really like any of these guys. Um, Incarcion is someone that I've been playing, but I mean, Gibson's really solid against righties. So I just, I mean, this is one of the reasons I said, like you could go Kyle Gibson here because it's, it's just, I mean, there's no power in this lineup. Uh, the other side of this one, Will, we have, you know, the Philly bats against Alcantara. If he's going to be chalk, kind of like the Philly stack. I don't think a lot of people will stack Philly. On a on a 10-game slate, I have absolutely zero interest whatsoever in stacking against Alcantara. But like you mentioned, he's had some big-time drastic home road splits. And it's not even just this season. You know, last year we saw it too. And, I mean, when you're pitching in a ballpark like Miami, you're going to have home road splits. Don't get me wrong. But 
if he's going to be chalk on a three-game slate, I'm trying to win a slate, man. Give me, give me the Philly stack here. Yeah, man, on a three-game, I'm all, I'm with you, man. Like that's a great strategy because I think we have to assume that Sandy and Dylan are like one and two. Not like ownership-wise. I'm saying just j- ownership-wise as well. But I'm saying overall, those are the top two pitchers. Um, I'm with you. I, I don't hate a Philly stack, especially if we think that uh, Sandy's going to struggle. And I don't even necessarily know if he's going to struggle or not. But, I mean, on a three-game slate. Let's YOLO. Just, yeah, I mean, let it just let it run. <laughs> let it run. <laughs> All right, Minnesota at New York. We don't have a total for this one. Um, Sonny Gray, it sounds like Nestor Cortez is going to pitch for the Yankees today, coming off the IL. Let's talk Sonny Gray. Um, The Yankees lineup right now is really banged up. So I think this is all going to be determined by what we're looking at when this lineup comes out. My biggest issue right now is Sonny Gray's pitch count and innings are kind of all over the place. Um, He did leave the last game. I think it was like a hamstring injury. So I think the 59 pitches, but I mean, this is like two of his last three starts. He's, he's failed to go over 70 pitches. Um, So what are your thoughts here on Sonny Gray? Yeah. Sonny has some upside if he's rolling in the strikeouts in there. But I don't think I can do it, man. I mean, I think I'd just rather go down to Gibson today against an inferior team in Miami. So I think I'm going full, full Sunny Gray fade and just pray he doesn't have one of these, you know, crazy 10 strikeout games like he had against Kansas City. If he's anywhere in the, the 12 to 15 fantasy point range, I can win a, I can win a slate without him. So I think I'm gonna I'm, I'm hitting the X button on this one. I mean, probably going to play Gibson over him, but I mean, again, ownership matters a little bit on a three-game slate because I mean, you're just especially with one team. I'm just trying to win the slate. I'm just honestly, I'm just trying to win a tournament. Uh, Nestor Cortez on the other side of the game. I mean, it was a groin injury for him. We don't know if he'll be limited or not in this start or not. I mean, he was someone that was kind of struggling a little bit. Here, the second half of the season, he still has good strikeout stuff. Minnesota is not a high strikeout team. Um, what are your thoughts here on Cortez? Um, I mean, I don't. How, how many pitches do you think he goes to, Stevie? I mean, are you thinking he comes back right out of the gate, back in the 90 range? No, he I threw don't a think 40, so either. Yeah, he threw a 45 pitch bullpen, and that was like his simulated start. Um, so I have a tough time seeing him go 90. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes like 75 to 80. They have a good bullpen behind him. Uh, I'm not necessarily worried about like that. I just, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, I think I take the fade. Like, I think I fade both of these pitchers today. And play some bats honest, in this game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good with that. I mean, <laughs> you're good with it until you hit like um DraftKings and you hit the hitters tab and you see like red all the way down. Because both of these <laughs> teams are, 
<laughs> both of these teams are so banged up right now. Um, yeah. The Yankees lineup is just trash, but start here with the Minnesota bats. I mean, Miranda, Correa, Garlic, these guys have power against lefties. If this guy's struggling a little bit, those would be the three guys I think I'm looking at um, the most. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you. You mentioned them. Um, man, th- this is this is one of those spots where you just – you hate Buxton is out. Like, you hate um, uh, Polanco is out. This would have been a really good spot for them. With, with, um, with Cortez coming off the I.L., uh, Correa is at fifty two hundred. Doesn't really strike out a ton, um, so I don't I don't hate him, you know, in this spot as well. But so I'm sorry. All in all, um, I, I just I think you stack Minnesota because if, especially if you're going to play both big pitchers, then getting these value bats from Minnesota um, against Cortez is, is definitely going to help your cause. And then on the Yankee side, I mean, this lineup quite possibly could be trash. Um, there's somebody, though. I mean, he has 55 home runs on the season. It's a three-game slate. I mean, <laughs> by by default, is, like, Judge just the top hitter on the slate? I mean, it's not really a hot take or anything. I mean, he he just keeps hitting home runs. Like, I know he's 6,400, but if you're paying down for Kyle Gibson or something, you have – plenty of money this dude's hit home runs in three straight games or like yeah he's he's chasing 70 i'm telling you this guy is this is like one of you know alonzo went on that streak was it two or three years ago and we were like oh man this guy and like he kind of slowed down aaron judge just hasn't slowed down he just hasn't slowed down so uh what are your thoughts on the yankees bats yeah i love that um i i love the the judge play um and Honestly, he's he may still be the top hitter on the slate, Stevie, considering his team is awful. Like he still might be the, the highest owned bat on the slate, um, but for good reason. Like you said, and you know, if anybody gets on base and he's behind them, they gotta feel good about their chances to come home right now. I'm I'm not worried about Sonny Gray. So uh this is a this is a really good spot for him. Um, and so I I, I think you just play him. And and take the over and everything will be fine. Um, I mean, yeah, the the rest of this team. I mean, the Yankees have a little bit of a cushion, but if you're a Yankees fan, I think you're slightly worried right now. Um, I, I mean, you, you look at the lineup: Stanton's banged up, Rizzo, Carpenter, Donaldson, Benditendi, Lemayhu. Like, there's so many people out right now. I mean. If you want to stack the Yankees on a three-game slate, they're going to be cheap. I mean, they they have that going for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I'm not really, I'm not too worried about Sonny Gray overall. So I don't, I don't hate it. I really don't. All right, we got Chicago White Sox at Oakland. Dylan sees against J.P. Sears in this one. Seven total, and the White Sox are a one ninety favorite. Well, I mean, we kind of talked about it, right? You're you're just playing Dylan sees in this spot. Lot button. Yeah, you're just not you're not overthinking it. Yeah, I mean, it's three games. There's no need to get cute. You you hit the lock button. You put him in there, and you go from there. Like that's that's the best way for me to explain it, Stevie. He is the top option today, hands down. 
and, and for what it's worth, just to explain, you know, in, in a very brief format where Oakland is right now, Spencer Strider has like a massive struggle first inning, Stevie. I mean, massive struggle first and second inning. And he still mows this team down the rest of the game. I mean, just insane. So Dylan Cease is no different. I, I like him a lot here. Clearly the top option. JP Sears, other side. I mean, the White Sox have definitely struggled this season, but they have still been really solid against left-handed pitching. Sears, is, I mean, he's not a great strikeout pitcher, so I'd rather, like, go down to Gibson, rather take a shot on maybe Sonny Gray against a bad Yankees lineup. I don't think I'm playing Sears today. Uh, do you have any interest in him? Negative. Yeah, I actually kind of like the White Sox stack, you know? They, they've burned me so many times this year that it, it doesn't even matter at this point. But, I mean, Abreu, Pollock's going to be in the lineup. He's good against lefties. Um, if Robert's back, he, you know, Eloy. The, they're just a solid stack in this spot. And you can, <clears throat> you can stack White Sox, get Judge, get the pitching you want, and still have plenty of money if you pay down on Gibson. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, any interest here in the Oakland bats? No. And the only, like the only thing that I'm going to say is the only thing I'm going to say is game theory wise on a three game slate, everybody's going to play Dylan C's today. If you're playing anything more than like 10 lineups, you probably throw an Oakland stack out there game theory wise. Yeah, because everybody's playing C's today. I mean, I'm playing C's. You're playing C's. Everybody's playing Dylan C's today. I mean, everybody's playing Dylan C's today. Like, I would not overthink playing Dylan C's, but I'm just saying, if you're running anything more than like five or ten lineups, throw an Oakland stack out there. You know, um, yeah. because if you're if if ninety percent of your lineups or every other lineup you have has C's, I mean, it's good to have at least one hedge team. I don't know, Stevie. <laughs> I, know, I, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. It's a three-game slate, Will. Yeah, I know that. I do know. I know. God, it, that one feels so yucky to me, though. Ah, oh. yeah. Three-game slate, Stevie. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to play the morning grind game today um, for baseball. I don't think we're going to play for football either. It's uh, I mean, it's such a small slate. So let's talk some football. Everybody's been, I mean, I know you're excited. I'm excited. Uh, you had food for thought coming out the podcast that you do with Luch. Um, awesome podcasts. I mean, you got a ton of stuff going on with the prop shop and a prop shop show. That was, was it Tuesday that came out with you and Britt? Yeah, Tuesday. Yep. So if you guys haven't checked that out, check it out. Some of the lines have moved, um, since Will and Britt recorded that. So, Check it out Tuesday live. Uh, I mean, early lines are always something you kind of want to jump on with any sport and definitely with football because uh, lines are going to move in football a lot. You have so many people fantasy propping. You got so many people betting on football. Um, so make sure you guys are checking that out. Prop shop. I dropped an early week prop shop football pick five and it like. The, every line is like four or five different already. So jump in the prop shop. So, all right, let's talk some football. Thursday night football, opening night. Um, 
we couldn't have asked for a better football game to get our juices going for NFL. We got the Buffalo Bills at the Los Angeles Rams, 52 total in this game. Buffalo, a two and a half point favorite on the road against the defending Super Bowl champions. We're going to do a morning grind style. We're going to break it down team by team and then maybe just kind of give a general overall thought on the slate in general. Um, Bills, Will, what are we looking at here with Buffalo? Yeah, I think, you know, the shiny new toy right now, that's actually an old toy that's been there, but it's seemingly going to have a bigger role is Gabriel Davis. Um, I, I think everybody seems to be really into him. And so, you know, for sure, I, really, I do really like him. I'm actually interested to see how they handle Devin Singletary, though, Stevie, because down the stretch last season, they gave him a ton of work. And so if he can keep that workload, I really like him on, on the showdown slate. Um, of course, Josh Allen is the guy that's going to run the ship. You know, no secret there. But I, I think Devin Singletary, uh, I'm probably going to be well over the field on him, hoping that I'm right about his role. I'm going to be over the field on Dawson Knox. Uh, when you check out the sports book, Stevie, they've got Josh Allen around 270, 275 and a half in terms of passing yards, which suggests to me that they're expect, expecting him to air it out and, and, and pick up, you know, a fair amount of yards passing. As a result, if he's got that many yards, I feel like most of it's going to Diggs, Davis, and Knox. And so those are going to be three guys that I'm very interested in. I, I want to see how they're going to use Jamison Crowder. I think I'll sprinkle in some Jamison Crowder as well. But all in all, Diggs, Davis, Knox for the passing game, Singletary from the running game, who can also catch passes. And, uh, of course, Josh Allen is – I don't have to you know tell you to play him. He's one of the best players in the world uh, for fantasy points. Yeah, and I mean, on your singular point, like, is the Rams' defense going to be the same? Um, I mean, they're missing some pieces that they had last year. And they were already a team that, I mean, made a lot of later tackles, yards per contact and stuff. Yards before contact was one of the highest in the NFL. Um, so, I mean, looking at Singletary, I think, is a, is a good point. I don't mind maybe taking some shots on Gabriel Davis, I think he's like everybody's little like shiny toy and everyone's talking about him. I mean, I love the Allen to Diggs combo. I love the Allen to Knox combo. I think Knox has an opportunity to score multiple touchdowns in this game. Um, so he just, he does that, right? Like this dude yeah. has like two or three catches sometimes and just scores a couple touchdowns and it's like, <laughs> oh, it's so annoying. But like, that's what he does. I, yeah. I mean, and if you get two touchdowns, it doesn't matter what he does outside of that. I mean, he just crushes. So I really like um, Knox. He's someone that I'm definitely going to have a good amount of exposure to. It's the first game. I probably won't play like a full volume, but I say that now and like start digging in and it's like, all right, I got to, I got to, got to calm myself down. Um, I, I mean, this is a fantastic game. I'm with you on Singletary. I like him a lot. Davis, I think he's going to be really popular, and I really think Diggs is still going to have like a majority of the target share in this game. Um, and then, like I said, I like Dawson, Dawson Knox a lot. He's someone that I'm going to end up playing quite a bit here. The Rams side, new look Rams offense. I, I mean, this is not the same offense that won a Super Bowl last year. You got Cooper Cup still for sure, but I mean, 
Outside of him, I mean, Cam Akers, Henderson, yeah, they're still there at running back. You know, they should probably share. I think Akers gets the majority of the carries here. I'm interested to hear your thoughts, but the shiny new piece for the Rams is Allen Robinson. So talk to me here about Los Angeles. Yeah, I think, you know, adding Allen Robinson into a system where he's finally going to have a, a really good quarterback. Like, Stevie, let's think about his his career in general. He's had Blake Bortles. He's had um, Trubisky. Uh, yeah, Trubisky. And Fields. Fields. He's had no top-tier quarterback play his whole career. And now he basically gets to go to L.A. and be Robert Woods, uh, the Robert Woods replacement, in a sense. I think this is a, a breakout year for him. It should, should be a good year overall. And this should be a good game for him as well uh, to just showcase what he can do. So, um, you know, he, he's probably going to pick up, what do you say, Steve? I would say seven or eight targets in this game, I, I think. Um, where Cooper Cup will probably pick up 10 to 11 if, if they kind of hold true to how they set it up. Uh, th- this could be a very good game for him, and he's typically been pretty sure handed as well. He, he could have, if he has got, if he gets seven, eight targets, I'm assuming he'll have five, five to six catches easy here. Um, he's just got to pick up the, the yak, the yards after the catch, and possibly get an end zone. So, I, I do like Allen Robinson. Um, I think it's a good play. I like Cooper Cup. Obviously, he's you know one pretty much the best receiver in the league, no question. Um, like him a lot. I, I really want to see how Tyler Higby is going to evolve this season, um, and just kind of see how they use him. Is he kind of the 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 actual third uh, receiver? Or are they going to kind of use like a tight end and really limit his market share? I'm hoping they really up his market share because he's a guy I want to use throughout the season if so. Well, the other guy, um, Skoranek, is someone with Van Jefferson out in this game that is going to see a lot of work. Um, He's someone that I think is going to be like the chalky value play on this slate for a good reason. I mean, good chalk. It is football and anything's possible, but I mean, he's going to get targets in this game as well. So, I mean, he's interesting in, in tournaments. I mean, is there any, you have, obviously we have those three guys. Um, Is there anybody else that you're like potentially looking at here? I mean, if, if you think they're going to have more of a timeshare than, than normal, then instead you can kind of split a little bit between um, Cam Akers and, and Devin Henderson um, or Henderson Jr. I, I think that that could be a strategy. Like I, I'm not sure where the split is going to be completely, but if you, I mean Cam, Cam is obviously the lead guy, but if you think Henderson gets a little bit more work than anticipated, I think you sprinkle him in. Yeah. Um, I don't mind it here. It's so tough to kind of project how some snaps are going to go just in general here, but look at the inactives. I think that could be something that you're looking at here for the Rams. Um, But I mean, overall a ton of interest here in Stafford cup Robinson. 
Um, I just want to make sure that like that doesn't get lost in the conversation here at all. And Skoranek, I think he's just, I mean, he's going to be a very popular value play today. Um, anything else from the Rams side? Uh, I, th- I think I mentioned it briefly, but you know, Jamison Crowder, is, is he going to be Cole Beasley? I don't think I said it in that way. But, man, if he's going to be Cole Beasley, I think you load up here. But I, I'm just not sure how they're going to use him. But he should essentially be Cole Beasley, in my opinion. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, that kind of wraps up. I mean, overall, looking at the showdown showdown slate in general here, Will, um, I mean, are you are you thinking three three type of build on DraftKings? You thinking four two? Um, I mean, I don't definitely don't think this is a five one type of build. I'm personally leaning a little bit more three three than anything else. Yeah, I, t- typically I'm probably a four two guy, uh, and I will use uh, Slate IQ to kind of give me give me an, a, a general idea of what it's going to look like to win, how it's going to work, you know? Um, it's not Slate IQ anymore. It is called the NFL DFS Showdown Sim Tool. It is fantastic. And the team at Rotor Grinders continues, just continues to pump out amazing tools. Um, it's part of a premium package here at Rotor Grinders. What Will's talking about, it has simulated optimal roster constructions. It has captain usage for optimals and ownership it's like running a sim of this game over a thousand times to try to see how this game plays out and it's just i mean jamino and his team are absolutely crushing right now yeah for sure and thank you for correcting me steve i'm so used to calling it slate iq well yeah i I mean i was looking for it earlier today that's the only reason that i knew that they had changed up some stuff with it but yeah it's it's phenomenal yeah man so what what I can say is this. I definitely think I'm going to play Josh Allen over Stafford if I had to play one quarterback, for what it's worth. Um, just because Allen gives me more outs to score fantasy points in a general sense. Yep. And I'm absolutely going to play Devin Singletary at 7K. And I'm absolutely playing Gabe Davis. Like, those are three. And then I feel like I'm absolutely playing Allen Robinson. So I'm probably going to end up in probably some four-two action, um, and one of one of the other guys might be the kicker. I'm not I'm not sure yet. My other, but that that's how I think I'm going to approach the slate so far, and uh, I, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yep, um, I, I'm definitely leaning three-three. Um, I'm with you on Allen. I think he's the top play on the slate. Um, if you're trying to build like a high floor team, I think you're getting Allen in your captain spot for sure. On FanDuel, if you play showdown on FanDuel, um, I think you're trying to get Allen and Stafford in your lineups. Um, DraftKings is going to be a little bit harder to do that, and I'll definitely have some teams with both of them, no doubt. Um, before we get out of here, Will, let's uh, let's give the people a little prize picks to play since we're not going to play a morning grind game since it's a one, you know, showdown slate and the morning grind game for football is like 10 questions long this year. So 
Um, give me your favorite. I'll give you my favorite. We'll do a little two pick power play here, and hopefully, we can help people win some money here with this um, Thursday night football game. Man, you're gonna hear me talk about this every week, almost all week, and it's field goals, man. Matt Gay over one and a half. Like, I, I don't see any scenario where Matt Gay does not connect on two field goals unless they're all like 60 yards. Like, I'm expecting field goals week the first week uh, in a competitive game where, you know, teams have got to feel each other out, try to get their mojo going. Love the kickers, love both of them. And I, I am going to have a two pick power with both, but for this show, Matt Gay over one and a half field goals. I like it. I'm going Matthew Stafford over 265 and a half passing yards. Um, love this bet. Wrote it up on scores and odds yesterday. Most books had this at 269 and a half when I wrote it up on scores and odds. It's almost 275 everywhere now. Prize pick still has this at 265 and a half. Love this pick um he averaged 35 pass attempts per game last season which was the eighth most in the nfl he averaged 287 yards passing per game defense is going to be sloppy it's week one it's a short week it's a thursday night game um yeah i mean i have a ton of interest in stafford over 265 and a half plugging it with matt gay over one and a half field goals locking it in as a two-pick power play and Oh, we can't do that as a two-pick power play. We got a third one, Will. We need a third one now because yeah. they're on the same team. Give me – so I think for me, I'm going to go with the shiny new toy. Let's plug in Gabe Davis over 56 and a half receiving yards. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You had me nervous here a little bit. All right. Well, we'll do it. <laughs> I mean, look, we could always go Tyler Bass over one and a half field goals. Like, that's my power, my main power for Thursday night. Both field goal kickers plus Matthew Stafford, if that's what you want to do. No, I'm not, I'm not talking you out of Davis over 56 and a half. Um, three pick power play. We're going for 5X now. Like, um, if, you, if you're if you nervous. Like Sean Robinson over three and a half tackles plus assists for what it's worth. <laughs> tackles are back, baby. Tackles are bad. Robinson over three and a half tackles. Plus assists. They've added the assist number there now, which right. is even better. And we had Gavis. All right, we're making a five pick here. Um, we're going to make a, a five pick. I'm going Skoranek. <laughs> Just over, like that. Skoranek over 19 and a half receiving Got you. So Got you. Now we got a nice little five pick um, that – Hopefully Davis doesn't mess up. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But yeah, I just locked it in and um, let it ride. That probably be. I've already done a bunch of them for. Um, I've already done a bunch of them. Did you? You have the. I'm sure you have the Matthew Stafford over a half a pass yard from like a month ago. Oh no! I never played it. Oh, you didn't? I've had that sitting there and sitting there and sitting there. I just didn't because oh. I at that time I said, "Man, we're they're like two, three months out from football. I'm not, I'm not holding. I didn't care if it was twenty twenty five dollars. I said I'm not loaning price picks any money on this one. Oh, I have it. I'm, I have it sitting there, ready to go. 
Um, I have my what I paired it with. I, I I did a two pick power play with it. Whatever it was max, I think it was like twenty five bucks or something. Yeah, and it's with AJ Brown over sixty five receiving yards. So, oh um, yeah, I, I love that one. <laughs> so yes. So anyway. All right, that's going to wrap it up here for Thursday. We did some baseball. We did some football. We'll be back Friday to do baseball. The Morning Grind NFL podcast will come out Thursday as well. That will be breaking down the main slate for this weekend. He is Will. I am Stevie. Hope everyone enjoyed. Good luck. We'll see you again tomorrow.